Welcome back to another episode of Two, Two Men in a Meeting. My name's Chap and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Russ and I'm an alcoholic. Russ is a little upset today. We're running it back. Uh, take take two on the oh episode today. Um, but today we're going to be talking about spirituality and the process of coming to believe um, and just see where we roll from there. So, Russ, what's going on, man? <laughs> so, as I was saying in the previous recording, um, people get spirituality and religion mixed up a lot. Um, spirituality isn't like an organized thing. And I always did, too. I thought it was like a big hoopla of like Jesus and, you know what I mean, like reading the Bible and whatnot and things like that. Um, it turns out that being spiritual is just having a conscious contact with your higher power, and you can choose a higher power um, of your choice. Like my sponsor told me, it was like, if somebody wants to make that doorknob in the meeting their higher power, who are you to say different? Maybe that is. If that keeps them sober, that keeps them sober. Um, but for me, just being spiritual is keeping conscious contact with uh, my higher power and doing the next right thing and um, being open uh, to what other people have to say about it and what other people do. Uh, I really look at what other people that I like in the rooms um, who have multiple years of uh, sobriety and people that I like what they share, I always go up to them and I ask and ask questions and talk about it and you know little things like that can be spiritual for me yeah man i mean being spiritual is something that was kind of a foreign concept um to me while i grew up my parents uh were not religious i wasn't raised in a religious household whatsoever um so i didn't really have like any exposure to that um, I kind of had to, had to find it myself and it was hard for me to identify with a higher power for pretty much the sole reason of, I was my own higher power for a long time. And then drugs and alcohol were my higher power. You know, that's, that's what had control over my life. So the concept of letting something else control my life, um, besides myself, drugs or alcohol just really didn't exist. You know, I was I was the most powerful thing in my life. I was the most powerful thing alive in my eyes at times, you know. I always made the next, like, shiny thing my higher power. You know, they always talk about that. Like, the next shiny thing, whether that be clothes or money, um, a car, the girl. I always latched on to whatever it was that would make me feel better and just rolled with it. And rolled with it as long as it would last, which would be, like, a day. <laughs> you know, and then I'm like, okay, well... That's old. That didn't work. Well, I think it's like, that would happen to me as well. And it's like that mental obsession. You know, that mental obsession didn't mean just drugs and alcohol to me. You know, that mental obsession, being sober now, you know, looking at it, I still mentally obsess over things. That thought of getting fucked up, you know, when I was when I was drinking, when I was using, it was that feeling of like the world stops turning and yep. all that I can think about is trying to get fucked up. And now as it's like... As fucked up as possible. Right. As fucked up as possible and then continuing to do so. Now it's like if there's something that I want, you know, my world stops turning and I need to go, I need to go get that done. I need to get it right now. And I want things to happen a lot quicker than they do. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, I would say, yeah, absolutely. That, that next shiny thing becomes my higher power because I become so mentally obsessed with it that 
nothing else exists besides making that happen. And obsession is a very, very common thing um, with all addicts and alcoholics, whatever it be, you know. We're always looking for that thing that's going to make us feel better. And instead of, there was this girl in the meeting the other night, and she was talking about how bad she wants sobriety. Like, oh, I don't want to mess up my life again, but I don't want to do the fucking steps. I don't want to pray. I don't want to medit- I don't want to do all these things. I'm just like, well, you don't fucking want it that bad then. And it started to like piss me off, but that's another thing. Like, I can't control whatever other people say or do. You know, if she don't want to do that, then who cares? Why does it bother me? If I do it, that's okay. As long as I'm good right now, you know, and I keep that conscious contact, and I work the steps, I work a program. People that say things like that in meetings shouldn't bother me. But it did. And I was like, damn, why is that bothering me? You know, I guess it's one of those where I think I'm more powerful. Like, I want everybody to have Russell's recovery. Right. You know, I want everybody to have uh, Russell's conscious contact or his, his sobri- I want them to have what I have. But it is because I fucking love it so much. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, these past ten months have been the best months I've had in my entire life. Despite a lot of them being in rehab, I still had a great time. And I learned a lot about myself. Like, a whole lot. And one thing um, that one of the uh, old heads, Ed, told me to do was I wrote, you know, what God would have uh, Russell Kerr be. And I wrote it down. And, you know, a lot it's, he would have him be selfless and kind and caring and blah, and just like a fucking list, like a, a scroll of all this shit. And he gave me instructions. He said, all right, well, what's your first thing? And the first thing was being kind and considerate. He goes, stop there. And he goes, I want you to wake up every morning and ask God that you be kind and considerate today. And he says, until you are for like a whole month in a row, then you go to the next thing that you wrote down, which was to be whatever. I can't even remember now because I've been on kind and caring for two months. Right. <laughs> you know, so I'm still looking for that. But it does help because it keeps me conscious of that. It's like, okay, this dude at the gym pissed me off because I was in my towel and he was staring at me. You know, if that makes him happy, then that makes him happy. You know, I'm, he's not touching me or anything. Yeah, it creeped me out a little bit. But I was just like, all right, whatever. He's gay. That's cool. I don't even know if he's gay. Might have been. Might not have been. But he was staring at me hard. And I didn't like it. And I almost just, like, and this is the second time it's happened. The first time, I did snap. And I said something. But this time, I was just like, you know what? Oh, well. It's going to be okay. That's the worst part of my day. It's a great day to be alive. Right. <laughs> and I got to look at things like that. And I always say that. Um, when, it, when there's just, like, a little problem at work or something very small going on, if that's the biggest problem I have today, it is a great day to be alive. And one of the, one of the things that I told my dad one time when he called me at uh, when I was at Stillwater's is he had a, Patrick had us weed eat the side of the road, like the driveway where all those rocks were. So rocks are just hitting me up and down my legs. I'm bleeding. I'm just pissed off, you know. And my dad asked me how my day was, and I told him that. And I said, well, you know what? I'm breathing, and I can think about being mad, so it's still a pretty damn good day. Right. I mean, 
as long as I'm not waking up naked in a Wendy's, it's a good day. You know what <laughs> no, I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm say that on every podcast until we get a Wendy's sponsorship. I mean, shout out when I just ate a quadruple baconator like mm, two days ago. God dang, god dang! I wish that I could say that I found God in that Wendy's, but you know that that's not when that's not <laughs> when that happened for me. But you know, if if Wendy's still still wants to plug in and uh, give us like free frosties for life or something like that, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but you know that that concept of you know coming to believe and all that has been on my mind a lot the last the last couple of days and you know what I really the hardest part about coming to believe was believing that something could believe in me Mm. you know what I mean it was like I first of all like I didn't believe that anything was more powerful than me until um I get to Stillwaters and I start you know the proof is in the pudding out there you know people are People are working their program. Uh, I start to believe that, you know, the program works. You know, so I start thinking, okay, they got something going on here. So I can identify with the program being a power that's greater than me because obviously I've tried time and time again to do it by myself and I can't, you know. So I start to think, okay, the program program, uh, works. That's definitely something that's more powerful than I am. And then I move to start to believe that, you know, God – leads you in the right direction like you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink drink. you know so i believe that my higher power who i choose to call god i say god put me at still waters you know and then i start to believe in the people that are around me so they become more powerful than i am and the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around was you know even when i would talk to people and they'd be like oh man like i'm so proud of you like you know you're gonna do such great things i'd be like man like but you don't even know half the shit i did you know so I dealt with the fact that because I, I haven't worked a fifth step, you know, I haven't told my life story to to anyone. The only people, the only things in the world that know absolutely everything about me are me and God. That's it. So when someone else is saying that they believe in me and I can't believe it because they don't know half the shit, you know, it's hard for me to accept the fact that God does want me to get better, you yeah. know, because I don't feel like I deserve it. You know, that was like the biggest barrier for me was figuring out the fact that, you know, people will forgive you and God will forgive you for the things that you've done because I deal with so much shame for hurting so many people that cared about me so much and hurting, and just hurting people that, you know, really I should have never had an impact on their life. And one thing that's been cool for me is realizing like just being open 24 seven because literally everything I told my sponsor, I tell everybody now. Like, there's not one thing that I keep from anybody. And I can joke about it now and tell everybody. And if they don't want to be in my life, they're not going to be in my life for a reason. Because I want everybody to know who I truly am. You know, I don't... My past is my past. Like, if you can't accept me for that, then I honestly don't really want to fuck with you. Um, and that's just the way it is for me. That's that's my view on it. And I've realized to stop relying on other people so much and rely on something a hell of a lot greater than other people around me, which is my higher power, and having him guide me and direct me into the right path. And one thing I pray for every single morning is I say, God, make me into a mold of what you would want me to be. You know, I want to be malleable. I want to, whatever it is you want me to do today, whatever it is you want me to be, make me be that. Because I don't want to just be one just little single block of spirituality. I want to go everywhere with it to anybody, you know, just like I walked in the gym today and this lady, she, uh, 
I was like, oh, how's your day? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm alive. And she was like, how are you? And I was like, well, if I was doing any better, I'd be you. And for 10 seconds, I just made her laugh and smile. And it felt good, you know? I was just like, well, if I can make her little uh, little shit show a little bit better, then so be it. Yeah. You know, and that's all I'm here for today is to to serve other people and to be kind to other people and to be sure that I give what has been given so freely to me, which is love. And it's weird, you know, especially talking to your sponsor for the first time when he's like, oh, I love you, man. And you're like, whoa, hey. Hey, whoa, slow down, cowboy. Yeah, slow down. I just talked to you for the first time. And I wasn't saying that to my sponsee. And then the other day he called me and we were talking. I was like, all right, love you, bro. And he's like, okay, see you. You know, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I remember the first time my sponsor, uh, it was the first time I talked to him. He was like, man, if no one else has told you today, you know, I love you. I was like, all right, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. I don't know how I feel about it was that. A part, it was a part of, of, you know, our relationship getting better. But, you know, I really like what you said there about, you know, praying that God molds you into the person that he wants you to be. And, you know, for uh, ever since you said that at Stillwaters, I, I distinctly remember you saying that. And it's something that I've tried to do because, you know, for when I tried to mold myself into the person that I wanted to be, I continued to dig myself into a hole of selfishness, self-pity, and depression. You know what I mean? The more that I tried to be the person that I wanted to be or that I thought I wanted to be, the more I got myself hurt, the more I hurt other people, and the deeper I dug my hole, um, that seemed like it was just impossible to get out. And, you know, when I wake up, in the morning, you know, I take, I take that maybe a little bit too seriously sometimes where it says like, you know, you never want to pray for yourself. You know, I, I choose to talk to God kind of like he's my homie, you know, so I'll, I'll be praying and I'll, if I say something like God, like, you know, give me strength. I'll be like, but you know, not, not just for me, like God, don't, don't give me, I'll be like, I'll be like, I'll be like, God, like, please don't, don't give me for other people. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, don't, don't give me strength just because I need it. Give me strength so I can have a positive impact on other people's lives. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. I didn't mean just for me. And, um, you know, but I always say, God, please grant me with op- to put opportunities of service in front of me. You know, because like I said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So God has had this path for me all along, but I've always just ch- chosen to go the other way. And yep. there's been every single day that I pray for an act of service to be put in front of me and for the opportunity, you yep. know, it happens. You know, and it just goes to show that there is opportunity to serve other people every single day you just have to take it and it sucks um i'm not gonna say it sucks but sometimes it eats at me you know like when i walk by a piece of trash on the street oh i gotta pick it up i I have to pick it up i uh oh sorry um you know i i have to pick up that that piece of trash if i'm walking through a doorway and somebody is behind me, I, ha- I have to hold that door. Gotta hold You know it. what I mean? Or else you feel like the biggest piece exactly. of shit. Exactly. Because <laughs> to, to most people, you know, it might be, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. I, I just walked by. It's not that big of a deal. But to me, it's like if I don't pick up that piece of trash, my automatic thought right there is, God, I'm so sorry, man. I did not mean to, <laughs> I did not mean to pass up that opportunity for service. And, uh, you know, that those things, they eat at me, but those little things are – to me what adds up you know it's once once you start slacking on on those opportunities it's that you start hitting that slippery slope and one thing i've always said is everything that we do is like a snowball effect 
You know, so you're picking up a piece of trash, you're, you know, you pick up a water bottle, then the next day it's somebody's trash can's flipped over, you go and pick it up, and it just keeps on snowballing until you get to that, that huge wha-bam right in your face, that big one, you know, the money shot. And it goes the same way with doing bad, too. You know, if I do one thing bad and I get away with it, then the next day I'm going to do something, and it's just it's that snowball effect. And I realize how much that affects people around me, too. And uh, what you're talking about is never praying for yourself. I had this resentment that just ate at me every day. Every time I looked at this fucking person, it was just hate, hate, and more hate. And I was talking to Ed about it, and I was like, you know, I'm praying for this person. And he's like, all right, what are your prayers like? And he's like, well, I'm doing what it says. You know, I'm praying that he gets everything I want. And he goes, what about if he doesn't want everything you want? And I was just like, I was like, oh, shit. He probably doesn't want everything I want because we're completely different people. So I started asking that he gets everything he wants. And, uh, you know, over time that resentment went away. And it's gotten... A hell, of a, bit, a hell of a lot better. You know, I'm not going to throw any names in there, but it's it's been hard for me, and it's non-existent to this day. Like, am I going to go out of my way to invite him to dinner? No. But if he needs help, I'm always going to be there. And that's one thing I always had confused, too, was being kind and loving. You know, they always say, like, being kind and loving toward all. And... I was talking to Ed about this again because he's a fucking spiritual gangster and knows so much shit. Thank you, Ed. Um, shout out, Ed. Shout out, Ed. <laughs> um, he was, uh, we were talking about being kind of loving. And I was just like, yo, I, what the fuck is this kind and loving shit? Like, why do I have to be kind and loving towards everybody? And he was like, well, what do you think that means? And I'm, I'm talking, I'm like, well, I'm not going to invite this guy out to dinner. And, and I had that all confused. He was like, and nowhere in there does it say to invite anybody out to dinner or to be their best fucking friend. It's just to be kind and loving toward them. And when they they need a hand, you grab it and you hold it close to your heart, you know? In the rooms of AA, I have to be kind and loving. If somebody I don't like needs help, I got to be there for them, no matter what. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to being kind and loving, at the end of the day, especially when it comes to other alcoholics, man, it's like we... we juggle life and death like every day yeah you know what i mean so it's it's being to me i look at it as being that hand for for that person um and especially like when i was out at Stillwaters, it was easier for me because all those people were in the same room um so when we would do our morning meditation and stuff like that and we were we would turn the lights off and i would pray i would memorize like the circle of who is in the room and i'd go around and i would pray for each one of those people individually to gain one thing that I believe that, you know, they want mm-hmm. or that they need, you know, whether it be confidence, whether it be peace or, you know, serenity, a, f- a fucking grip on reality. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it doesn't, I would continue to pray for people individually. And I try to do that with people in my life now, mm-hmm. you know, coming back out, obviously, you know, I love every person that, okay. I love almost every person <laughs> yeah, that, that, that I went to Stillwaters with, um, you know, but there are people in my life that I know are struggling, not necessarily with the same struggles that I have because everybody, everybody's life is different, but you can, 
you know that people need your prayers. You know, every, everybody needs prayers for something. Nobody's perfect. Everyone could, could use a little bit more light in their life. And trying to do everything I can to at least act like I'm being selfless is how I try to start my mornings. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Like, for me, I, I have to pray, like, as soon as I wake up. Because just from my bed to the bathroom, I can fuck something up. Especially now that I have my phone back. I can fuck something up bad. You know, so I got to pray for shit like that. that I just be guided down the right path and, and do what he would want me to do. And so I always had um, confusion on what my will versus God's will is. And Taylor helped me out with that. And shout out Taylor. Shout um, out Tay Tay. Tay Tay in the wind. Um, and I talked to him about it. And I was just like, I'm so confused. Like, how do I know? Because there's a lot of things I want to do. And he told me if I really have my foot stuck into something, that's my will. It's probably, yeah. That's my will. You know, if I'm just like, I really need to do this, like, I got to do it, that's my will. And I'm not letting God intervene and do what he wants to do, you know, and then I'm getting in the way of that. And that's something I've been struggling with for a long time. Man, I struggled with that a lot regarding this podcast. You know, this is something that, you know, it was an idea that came to me that I wanted to do. And in the ghetto. Yeah, in in the ghetto, in the ghetto, the ghetto being you know the double Y that that we lived in um, for a little while out there at Stillwaters. But you know that idea came to me, and then when we recorded the first episode, I sat there and I was thinking, you know, is this my will or is this God's will? You know, do I want this for me or do I want this for other people? And am I doing this because God wants me to do this or am I doing this because I want to do this? You know, it's hard. Because everything that I've ever been passionate about has mm. led me to failure. Yeah. You know, so picking up something like this and wanting to help others, you know, feels weird to me. It feels wrong because I want to do it. And everything that I've ever wanted to do has been wrong. I just want people to know that we're just fucking normal guys with chronic alcoholism. And <laughs> we're going through We're it. just normal dudes addicted to drugs. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't... I want to be able to help somebody. And that's what a lot of my life is geared towards now, is helping somebody. And if I can help, you know, one person through this podcast, then that's well fucking worth it. Yeah, man. I I completely agree that, you know, if one person gets something out of this, it's all worth it, man. And I just, I was struggling so hard with trying to figure out how to do it and how to portray the fact that it's like it's easy to record and to talk because it's like just talking with you like we did in the ghetto yep. you know but trying to figure trying to balance that ego of saying you know I don't want anyone to think that I know what I'm doing you know because this is just what I'm going through right now and what I'm trying to deal with in my life but I've only got like 80 days clean you know I have no idea I'm going through this program just trying to say exactly what it is that I'm dealing with right now and exactly how I'm trying to go about it. I don't think it would be an entire disservice for me to lead anyone to believe that I know what is right and wrong. Yeah. You know, so I want to make that very clear that this is, you know, my word is my word. Don't take it for anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is in regards to, in regards to AA and sobriety, man, I still don't know shit. Right. 
I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to get the next 10 minutes sober. Fuck the next day. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it really is like people say, oh, wham, one day at a time. I'm like, like dog, one minute at a yeah, time. Yeah, I'm bro. like, bro, I can't. I'd be lying if I said that, you know, a day has gone by where I haven't really thought about, you know, drinking. And there's been, you know, I'm, I might, it might not be positive. I might think about it and be like, yeah, I really don't want to do that. But the thought still pops into my head. See, there's been multiple days for me this week where I haven't thought about it. And it's, I'm like, holy shit, actually working a program and like doing this whole thing kind of fucking works. It's crazy. You know, they always told me it would, and I ignored it because I thought I always like to put myself in the in the I'm I'm worse than you. You know, you wouldn't understand like that whole thing. And when I do that, I separate myself from from God, honestly, because I truly believe that a higher power has uh, entered everybody's life in the rooms, and we're the lucky ones that made it out. So we can help the next one who's the lucky one who made it in. And that's why I believe. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if there's... You got any, any final thoughts? If you're going through some shit, keep on going, man. Um, it does get better. I promise. I never thought it would. It does. If you need anything, you can reach out to either of us. Um, and uh, just let us know what you think about it. Share it to your homies. If you got a loved one that's battling addiction, um, just let them know that there is a way out, and it's a beautiful way. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. If there's anything I got, um, the hardest thing that I ever did was ask for help. Mm. So if you're, like I said, God put people into my life for a reason, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know, I hope that you got something out of it, and I hope that there's something that you felt that you had to hear and if you're thinking of somebody and you think you pr- should probably send it to them, you should send it to them and, and definitely, you know, reach out. That's all I got. That's it, yo. That's it, yo. We see you next week. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you go uh, follow us on TikTok at Two Men in a Meeting, on Instagram at Two Men in a Meeting. And if you're picking up any chips this week, congratulations. Cherish the chips you hold. See y'all. Doses. <laughs>